Scary Mysteries, Twisted News, Dungeons and Dragons, Disappearance, and Brenda Kerber. Terrifying cases of true crime and strange events. Every week, Twisted News dives into two mysterious and scary cases currently happening in our world. This week, we'll tackle the intriguing case of James Dallas Egbert III and the shocking development on the Brenda Kerber disappearance case. Get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted News. Number 1. Dungeons and Dragons Disappearance The disappearance of James Dallas Egbert III in the 1970s is thought to be one of the most controversial, most covered mystery cases of that era. Aside from the missing person case itself, what made his tragic plight an object of interest was the fact that it was tied to a popular game called Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons, or D&D, is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game that first came out in 1974. The object of the game is simple. Slay monsters, most particularly dragons, and stay alive. Unlike traditional wargaming, D&D players are assigned with different skills, strengths, and weaknesses. And depending on the mode, a session could require a dungeon master, the one who presides over the game. Egbert was obsessed with this game, so much so that the media attributed his disappearance to it. But like with most mysteries, it was more complicated than that. Born in Dayton, Ohio, to a well-off family, Egbert was gifted with a supreme intellect. He finished high school at the age of 13. At 14, he entered Michigan State University as a college student, taking up computer science. It was expected, considering that at 12 he already knew how to program and make computer games. At the university, he mostly spent his time playing D&D, It was basically his life. He even participated in the live-action version of the game called LARP, which is live-action role-playing. Here, he would physically portray one of the characters and enact one of the plots. It so happened that underneath the MSU grounds was a large labyrinth of steam tunnels. The place was the perfect spot for LARPers, who would later on turn the dark, hot, and steamy tunnels into a maze of dungeons. On August 15, 1979, Egbert left a suicide note in his dormitory room at Case Hall. He then consumed some methaqualone, a sedative and hypnotic medication, before entering the MSU steam tunnels alone. Fortunately, his attempt to kill himself failed. He woke up the next day and immediately went into hiding. However, he was soon found as there was a D&D convention that day and some attendees had seen him in the area. But then Egbert had gone missing again, and this time the police and university authorities were prompted to search for the missing student. Initial investigations revealed that he had been dealing with a lot of issues that pushed him to commit suicide. Pressure over his school performance, possible drug use, depression, and loneliness were among the reasons pointed out by the police. Not satisfied with the findings, Egbert's parents hired the famous private investigator, William Deere. 
Deere's investigation later revealed that the young man had also been dealing with his homosexuality. After going through all the available leads, Deere, together with the Michigan State Police, scoured through the tunnels. They found food and a blanket, but not the missing student. The lead detective theorized that Egbert's disappearance may have been related to Dungeons & Dragons, a lead that was picked up and sensationalized by the media. All sorts of theories, mostly wild ones, were thrown into the mix. Some said that the player might have badly injured himself during a session. Others went on to say that he was sacrificed as part of a satanic ritual. Weeks had gone by and the investigation went on. Deer began accepting tips and calls from anonymous people. One particular call piqued his interest. The information led him to a friend whom Egbert sought refuge with following the failed suicide attempt. The detective found out that Egbert had made another suicide attempt by ingesting cyanide. Once again, he survived, though. He then ran away to other locations before landing in New Orleans. Before he could even track him down in that city, Deer received a late-night call from Egbert himself. He revealed to the investigator his exact location in Morgan City, Louisiana. Right away, the P.I. traveled down there to recover the teenager. Upon their meeting, the youngster told him everything about his life. He did, however, plead with the detective to keep his secrets. Deer agreed and gave the miners custody to his uncle on September 13, 1979. After spending a month with his relative in Texas, Egbert returned to Ohio and transferred to Wright State University. On August 11, 1980, the D&D enthusiast shot himself in the head. He died with a gunshot wound five days later. Four years after his death, Deer revealed Egbert's story in his book, The Dungeon Master. Number 2. Brenda Kerber You often hear stories of people whose lives drastically change after converting to a particular belief or religion. Sadly, a lot of these changes aren't exactly for the better, and for some, they end in tragedy. Parents James Barrett Jr. and Dorothy Barrett Necht spoke highly of their daughter, Brenda Kerber. They described her as having a bright disposition in life. A college graduate, Brenda had led a great career in computer science and worked in different major tech firms. Aside from being a highly competent computer analyst, she also worked as a newsletter editor for a large insurance company. Despite her successful career, though, Brenda was going through a rough patch as both of her marriages ended in divorce. It was this part of her life that Brenda had some difficulty dealing with, Then came the period between 1986 and 1987 when Brenda became involved in a New Age religion that focused on self-help and meditation. In a post written by Brenda's parents, they said that it was with the Church of Science when they started to notice their daughter suddenly changing her attitude. She began to draw away from them, and even more so from her own children. Her passion for her newfound interest intensified when she met Frederick Lenz III. 
Lenz was a very charismatic man who attracted followers to a movement that teaches in Buddhism, meditation, and yoga. He would charge members a hefty monthly fee of at least $1,000 to attend his lectures. The public considered this group to be a cult. Brenda's parents and friends advised her against joining, but she was already too hooked. She soon left her hometown, dropping everything, including her work, to find a place in California where much of the cult's work was happening. She brought her son David with her and rented a home in the state. From there, she became even more active, volunteering to become a recruiting agent for Lens. Then towards the end of 1988, Brenda began talking about her plans to move to New York. The cult's base of operation and where Lens, their Zen master Rama, had lived. She couldn't be talked out of it. She persisted with her parents and even made decisions that shocked everyone she knew. She sold what little she had, including her furniture and most of her possessions. To ease the burden, she made drastic arrangements for her son to live with his father Michael back in Grants Pass, Oregon. She even signed an agreement that would turn over the child's custody to her ex-husband completely. In January of 1989, Brenda, together with a fellow Zen Buddhist, left California to follow their master in New York. There, she rented a place at an address she never revealed to her parents, although they still kept in touch through calls. When asked, she would beg for them to understand what she's been doing and, much to their confusion, would also plead for financial support, a thing that her parents opted not to grant. At one point, Mr. and Mrs. Barrett learned that their daughter had taken out a large loan from a bank amounting to $6,000. It was presumed that she used the money to pay for Lenz's seminars. Meanwhile, Brenda managed to find a job in New York, but was fired just a few months after being hired. Her difficult situation prompted her parents to track her down. In May of 89, they visited her in New York City. They found their sweet, loving daughter turned into a totally different person. The way she talked to them really put them off. In the words of her parents, it was a very traumatic visit. What they didn't know, though, is that this would be the last time they would ever see their daughter. After the visit, Brenda moved to a new place in White Plains, New York. On October 10th of the same year, Brenda's landlord informed her parents that she had gone missing for about a week. Her folks flew in right away to verify and reported her disappearance to the White Plains Police Department. An investigation was made and it was discovered that she vanished on October 1st. Her Ford station wagon was also missing. However, her personal belongings like cash, credit cards, driver's license, and even her diary were left in place. While the case was ongoing, the woman's family tapped on the media to help them find her. They even placed ads in publications like USA Today and offered a $1,000 reward for information leading to her true whereabouts. Unfortunately, though, no one came forward with any leads. So for more than 30 years, no one knew what happened or where Brenda had gone. Then on January 19, 2021, 
White Plains police reported a woman's remains stuck inside a 1982 Ford Granada that was discovered submerged in the Muscoot Reservoir, which was located off Route 100 in northern Westchester County. It was later stated that the woman was indeed Brenda Kerber. Authorities determined the incident as suicide based on the findings from the vehicle, the medical examiner's examination, as well as the slew of evidence filed in the decades-long disappearance case. No other information was provided about this recent development on the Kerber disappearance case. The authorities, however, have confirmed that the family has already been notified. Unfortunately, Brenda's loving parents couldn't get the closure they deserved since both have long passed. So there were two of the most intriguing stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted News is sure to show you why. If you guys enjoy watching this video, then please do subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every single week for you guys to check out. I appreciate you tuning in and I'll see you soon.